Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow in your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Steve Perkins, again, and I'm here with Tommy Thompson. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well and hope you're ready to dive in again to the value of life systems. Today, we're talking about the first part of that we talked about, which was productivity systems. And before we dive in, just wanted to give another shout out to one of our listeners who left a, a really awesome review on iTunes, John Ramstead Beyond Influence. So, John, hey, thanks for giving a shout out and leaving a review. Man, that's that's special to get a shout out from him. It is. And he even gave himself a little plug there. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> if anyone wants to check out his podcast, um, the Eternal Leadership Podcast, that's a really good one. Really oh, good podcast. Great. So thanks for the shout out, John. And like I mentioned, today we are going to talk about uh, productivity systems. But maybe, Tommy, for anyone who didn't hear the the first of this series of episodes, give us uh, a little recap. What's the what is the value of life systems in general? Uh, yeah, great. Um, and I, I really would encourage anyone who uh, resonates with this at all to go back to the first one because we, we really lay the groundwork for what we're talking about. But broadly speaking, w- with, with systems, instead of the uh, dry, mechanical, tactical, boring way that we often think about systems. Really, what we're talking about is simple ways of automating success in our life. So anything that we can do that simplifies and automates success, in essence, is a system. So the idea behind it is it automates, and it automates something that you want to happen. So what are ways that we can take that concept of automating success and apply it to the broad spectrum of areas of our life? Right. It's essentially something that you know can take uh, areas that we're struggling with, that we're stuck in or spinning our wheels in, and make it easier to kind of overcome those challenges and experience at least a little more, if not a lot more success in those areas. Well, and once, once you get a taste of a system making a difference in helping you get over a hump, then you begin to say, well, gosh, I could do that in this area of my life also. Well, suppose I applied this to my golf game, as I talked about, or various things. So the idea is once you get the idea, it sparks all different ways of applying this in very different areas of your life. Yeah, you're right. Once you get a taste of it, it it actually becomes really exciting and, dare I say, invigorating. I think it's actually... It's why I get so excited about this topic because it sounds so mundane, but it actually is very game changing. And you and I have seen this a lot of times, not just our own lives, but you know, people we coach and, and help with in their life. You, you can see how sometimes the most simple system completely unlocks a category of their life in a positive direction. And it's exciting for them and for us because it's just that it was so simple. It was so hanging, you know, it was right there in plain sight. And, and it almost seems too simple to be true, but often we're just busy in our lives and we don't necessarily stop and think about 
an idea like this. And so I find that systems can be a very simple, obvious, yet game-changing well, and it's it's very counterintuitive to think that things that are very simple can be the most impactful, you know. And yeah. that's that's actually what's kind of underlying this is that sometimes moving forward in our life doesn't have to be real complicated. <laughs> so hopefully you'll get a sense of that as we talk, both in this episode and in the in the next one that we do together, about ways in which this can change all sorts of areas, most particularly that area that you are stuck. That's (laughs) where these systems really come into play is that place that might be unique to you, but that place where you're stuck and you've maybe struggled for years or maybe even decades of, of never having victory in a particular area. Well, that's where systems can change the whole equation. Okay, so explain the difference between productivity systems and personal systems, and then give us a sense, what is, what are some of the categories of productivity systems that we're talking about? Yeah, so I, in some senses, I almost hate the, um, the idea of talking about productivity systems because it's such a turnoff to so many people. It, it, it's like, well, that's all for the business people, and that's all so dry and, and heartless but the fact is, all of us have to be productive. No matter, you know, no matter where we are in life, what stage, what we're doing, or what we don't even feel like we're doing, we all have to be productive in life. And if, we're, if we don't have some systems in place to help us deal with just the, the stuff of day-to-day, then we'll get just stuck by not being able to get over that hump. So whether you're one that loves productivity stuff, but maybe more importantly, if you're one that doesn't like that, (laughs) that's where productivity systems is so important. The life systems are all the other areas of life. It can be relational systems, spiritual systems, um, health systems, other things like that where we can take systems and apply it in the more intangible areas of our life to actually move forward. But productivity is the day-to-day stuff of moving forward that we're talking about. It makes me think of life hacks. My family likes to kind of text and joke about different life hacks that we come up with or honestly sometimes that the kids come up with or find. And it's kind of it's actually kind of fun and kind of funny, but we're in a similar vein, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think with the productivity systems, what what we'll lay out today is four kind of general areas to think about when we talk about productivity systems. And you might want to add some to these that are, are a little bit more detailed or you you call them something different, and it's not really important what you call them. But these are four systems that are kind of fundamental, uh, foundational to moving forward. So the four systems is pretty much everybody has to work with a calendar at some level, okay, because we live in time-based stuff. So having something around a calendar system is important. There are to-do systems. How do we get the things done that we need to get done? 
done during uh, a day or a week or whatever. Uh, they're informational systems. How do we begin to process all of the things flying at us uh, from news to um, information that we want to gather? And then there are financial systems. We all live with having to deal with money. And particularly if, if that's not something you like, the idea of automating it so you don't have to think about it is pretty attractive. Yeah. Okay. So calendar, to-dos, information, and financial. Right. And, and feel free, of course, productivity, add any other systems. But these are just some general things that we hope that you'll begin to think about, you know, applying this idea of systems to. Okay. So if you listen to the last episode, we asked you to think about an area that's not working for you or where you feel you feel stuck in life. So if any of, you know, if your answer to that falls into any of those four categories, then, you know, you can kind of think through that filter, through that lens. And, and Tommy, why don't you give us the, what are kind of the, the ways that we should be thinking about the systems in, in any one of those categories? Right. And, Kind of a sidelight, isn't it surprising that nowhere in our educational system is oh. there anything that teaches us any anything about how to deal with our calendars and our to-dos and yeah. our information? We're just left to figure it out on our own. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not naturally wired towards that, that becomes a real barrier. So anyway, that, Don't that's get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it it is true. And I think it's... It's one of the reasons I love seeing some different school systems or teachers starting to experiment in this space. And you right. know, the joke me and and my wife have is about taxes. Like this is yeah. this is one of the most stressful activities of the year, and no one ever taught us how to do it. Right? Like, oh, I know it's it's just crazy. So anyway, that that's that's a uh, that is another episode that we'll hopefully we're solving ne- a world issue here. So. Exactly. So the idea, uh, I think, the overview that that I'd like to say is that I think there are a couple of core principles that you can apply to these four areas that if you apply them will help you immensely get a handle on these areas that frankly can seem pretty overwhelming and incredibly complex. So we want to simplify this because that's core for a good system is it has to be uh, simple. So uh, we're going to put out a couple of principles that if you begin to think about them and apply them to each one of these will help help it work. All right, principle number 1. A system has to have one place and always be with you. Right. Now both both of those are absolutely critical. That is you have to keep everything in one place and it has to be on you at all times. So think about this when it comes to calendar, Mm -hmm. to-do systems, information systems. If you're out at lunch and you're wanting to make an appointment and you don't have your calendar with you, you have a flawed system. Right. Okay. Okay. If your, your system should be in one place, and it should always be with you. And this is true whether your preference is to have a paper system or a digital system. Either one, it's one place and always with you. 
So if you if your system encompasses those two cores, you're already over uh, half of the battle. Mm-hmm. So if I know that my calendar is always with me, wherever I am right now, this moment, or when I'm in my car or wherever, and uh, and that it's at one place and it's always with me, then that means that I don't have a hole. I don't have something that's going to slip through the cracks. Right, and that's why all in one consolidated place is so important because otherwise if information is scattered in different places, you could completely miss an appointment or forget about something you're supposed to do or, you know, you have more of these gaps. Right. So one of the ideas behind this is that when I say one place, your mind is one place. So if you are choosing and (laughs) saying within a calendar that I'm going to keep half of my appointments in my paper calendar and half in my head that's two places right you're bound to eventually slip up yeah particularly once you add a few more (laughs) years so it's amazing i i used to think that i could always keep all of my calendar in my head and i could keep a fair amount of it but then after a while you add a few more things and you find oops I just missed an appointment. So now the idea is I don't keep any of my calendar in my head. The minute I hear it, the minute I schedule it, it's it's in my calendar system. The same thing is true with to-dos. If we've got to try to remember what we need to do today, we've lost half the battle on it. So the idea is our head is one place, and that's not the best place for this system. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can almost hear people's objections already. You know, one, one might be, this just sounds obvious, right? In which case, I don't know, maybe you already have this category, this principle pretty well buttoned up. Uh, because I, I can tell you, I've seen time and time again, uh, examples where people don't have this principle buttoned up. And, and I think, um, it can play out in, in ways like, you know, a lot of people like myself, like to take notes on a notebook during meetings or when I'm doing self-reflection so I'm not distracted by, by notifications and things. Uh, problem then is it's very easy to forget about stuff in there. So I also have a system for just syncing up my notebook with, you know, for me, it's Evernote, my digital kind of one place. Um, or, or I know some people with emails, they kind of use their email inbox as a to-do list And you quickly realize that those people forget about stuff all the time because your inbox fills up and next thing you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. So how do you how do you kind of create that one place that actually works for you? Right. And and you have to realize that there's trade offs. There's no kind of uh, magic answer to this. So if someone chooses to say, well, I don't want my technology with me and that's where I'm keeping my calendar. Well, then they, they're just having to add a layer to their system to say, okay, I have to now transfer my paper notes to my calendar. That Nothing wrong with that. It just adds a layer to it, and there might be plenty of good reasons for doing that. So nothing wrong with that as long as in the end it's in one place. Right, and similarly with the person who's you know uh, debating with me right now about their email inbox being their to-do list, Hey, you know, that might, that might be the one place that works for you, but you've got to have some system for, um, 
kind of categorizing or identifying or not letting things just um, get buried in a bunch of emails or get confused. So whatever your tool is, you know, have a thoughtful way of making sure that things don't get lost or fall through the cracks. Sure. And in the end, if you, you know, using that example, if it's working for you, then the, the system works. It doesn't have to be our system or someone else's system. If your system is working for you, then you don't have a problem. The point of systems is to help things work for you that don't work for you. But the more layers and complexity, the less likely the system is to work. So if you're starting from scratch, the best place is to choose one place where you have your calendar to do's information uh, and that you always have it with you. That just alleviates a lot of the problems that can and often do happen. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, another common objection with this one on calendars is what's better work and personal combined or separate. And, and I think maybe your, your kind of uh, gut check or your, um, testing question works well there too. Is it, is it working for you? Is it not working? If not, where, and how can you, um, leverage? Like I know a lot of people will use, um, within most calendar apps, you can kind of filter and have different calendars on there, but filter which ones you see at any given time, right? Like there might be workarounds or ways that you can adjust it. I think that that diagnostic question you asked is a good one. Right. And one of the things that we talked about in the last episode that applies here is that uh, for a system to really be effective, it has to be creative mm. and, and personal. So uh, this idea of, okay, well, you know, do you have your work calendar or your personal calendar? What well, do you need to have your work calendar and personal calendar together? Or do you not? Do you need to share it with someone? What's the best way of sharing it? So there are all sorts of tools. And because particularly in the area of productivity, there are a thousand different ones of them. There's one that's probably already thought through your particular issues. So, you know, apply a little personal touch to it and creativity, and you can come up with an answer that probably uh, puts the finger in the dike of almost every loophole. Yeah. So if I hear you correctly, what we're saying here is um, principle one is about having everything in one place and always with you. And it's less about the particular tool or app or approach or methodology you use. It's more about get creative to kind of answer that question for yourself and what works in your circumstance. It's, it's absolutely true. So I know quite a few people who have paper calendars and they love for their calendars to look beautiful. Mm -hmm. They have all sorts of drawings and color coding and, and everything like that. And it makes something that's dry, very creative and enjoyable for them. Absolutely. All for it. Just don't ask me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a great point, right? Yeah. Even I think about in our relationship, uh, I like to use the digital calendar more. Ashley likes to use a paper calendar more. And so you could just sit back and say, this isn't working and complain and go to therapy forever and never figure it out. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, what we've tried to work on is, hey, let's meet up once a week and make sure our calendars are synced. And that way, you know, I can get the notifications I need on my watch and she can have the the beautiful kind of paper, simple calendar in front of her that she likes. Right. Yeah. And 
the worst place is judging someone else's system. If it's working for them, <laughs> I've never it's done working. that, Tommy. I've That's never right. judged anyone's system. <laughs> All right, cool. So principle number one, we got that under our belt. Principle number two for productivity systems like calendar, to-dos, info, financial. Principle number two is have repeating systems. Yeah, so this is like the 2.0 version. The 1.0 version <laughs> is the one place and always with you. It's kind of the core foundation. The place that you can actually supercharge this is by learning the value of repeating tasks, repeating appointments, repeating information systems, things that, again, automate success. So when you learn kind of this uh, paradigm of thinking, you figure out that you can uh, make a lot of things happen, uh, that you can prevent the error of forgetting uh, what's important Mm -hmm. uh, so easily by having systems that repeat tasks. So uh, a very kind of simple, mundane Example of this is related to goals. So many people um, will set goals at the beginning of the year, but by February or March or April, they've forgotten their goals and they actually probably for the second half of the year never, ever refer to their goals. And so therefore they don't have any success. Yeah. Well, one of the fixes to that hacks, if you want to say it, is that I have a repeating task that shows up every Saturday morning to say, review my goals. So it's one little check mark that I have to go through, but that guarantees that I'm going to review my goals 52 times a year. Right. So that helps immensely, that repeating thing. So you can, you can have a repeating task to help you with a, a habit, You can have a repeating task to help you with something that you just don't like doing, but you have to be reminded to do, like pay the bills, Mm -hmm. any number of things. And when you, you you can even have it with uh, very enjoyable things like a date night, you know, or something like that, that that you, you want, you don't want to lose track of because it's important and it's good, but it's also easy to forget. Right. Well, in the last episode, you mentioned parenting systems and marriage systems and relationship systems. And uh, again, we'll talk about that more in the next episode. But especially with those, you get to the repeating systems. That's how you can remember some of these things that maybe was a, um, you know, maybe I've done this with parenting where there's a couple tips I've gotten from people about, you know, ways to encourage and help your kid grow. Well, that's cool. And I remember it for that week, <laughs> but I've got many years of trying to implement that. And so, you know, maybe there's a repeating reminder around something like that. Well, and this is frankly where some of the digital systems have one step up on paper systems, because I can have a repeating task show up every single week for the next year. And I never have to go through the effort of writing it down in 52 places in order for it to show up as a repeating task. I can just automate that whole process with the technology. And so I, 
personally, I love the technology almost for that reason, is that it makes so many things that I want to not forget, not lose hold of, um, come up automatically for me. And it's so, um, so flexible to, to work with. But, you know, if you don't like the digital systems, then you, you know, you just go through a little bit of extra effort, but figure out the things that, that are worth repeating in your life and set up systems to have those things repeat. And that has to do with events, calendar events, and that happen on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis. And it has to do with to-dos, and it also has to do with habits. You know, these are all things that are really work well with uh, a repeating mechanism. Okay. Yeah. So repeating systems and, you know, if you're having trouble thinking about those or need to figure out what those might be, maybe use the trigger of, of what you're forgetting to do. So if you ever, re- you know, at any point when you realize you forgot something, that might be a good trigger to, to kind of stop and reflect on, all right, is there a repeating system that's needed here? Yeah, and our, our tip for the week, uh, I'll, I'll put a little bit uh, more color to that. Okay. Um, so uh, to give you some ideas of at least how I've personally applied that. Great. So we have with productivity systems, principle number one, have it in one place and always with you. Principle two, repeating systems. And principle number three is kind of the balance of technology in our lives. Yeah, and this is, um, you know, a present-day problem that didn't exist, you know, 20, 50 years ago. But these days, if you don't have technology systems, then you're going to get swallowed alive, (laughs) you know. So the technology systems are both ways to make technology work for you and ways to keep technology from eating you alive Mm -hmm. and you have to have both in in order for things to work because we look all around us and we see people who have lost control of their lives with technology uh, that are consumed and completely addicted to it because they have no systems to create balance in their lives there are also some people who avoid it at all costs who could benefit by having a few systems in their life. For instance, financial systems. You know, I have virtually every bill that I have to pay is automatically paid. I've, I've got it set up either to pay through automatic online banking or with the vendor themselves. So, you know, each week there's one or two bills that I maybe need to pay each week. That's just saves me tremendously. So technology can work tremendously for you and it can definitely work very much against you. So having technology systems to keep a balance, for instance, and I know this is a tough one for a lot of people, having a balance and having boundaries around notifications. Right. You know, we have the the world basically invading and interrupting us every minute through notifications, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or news or whatever, you know, and if we don't find, if we don't control that through some systems, basically cutting off notifications, we'll be eaten alive through that. So for each person, that's personal. 
You know, some people can live more with technology or less, and it's all about what you want your life to look with, but automate that success by creating technology systems that allows technology to be what you want it to be instead of it controlling you, you control it. Right. But what about the person who's in a work setting where there are cultural norms of what they're supposed to be doing? How, what do you say to that person who's trying to have some kind of control over this, but yet they live every day in a setting where there's expectations um, surrounding them? Well, that, that gets really hard because, I mean, some of those situations really do exist and there are cultures that are difficult. Uh, I think the thing to do if, if you're in that situation is to try to have reasonable conversations with those that you have to answer to, to say, look, you know, I'm really trying to get a hold on this. On this. Would it be okay if I did such and such? Uh-huh. Or that you set expectations for your team, if you're allowed to do this, to say, you know, I know most people answer emails within five minutes. I'm trying to kind of keep a balance on this. Would it be okay if I answered in this time frame? So, so often it's a matter of having um, adult communication about these things rather than assuming that these standards that are probably eating everybody else alive aren't alterable. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's almost a call to, um, to step outside of the daily ruts that you're in and just question some things. And I think that that can be healthy. It reminds me of someone I talked to recently who's in a a big corporate work setting and said, you know, I realized I was just, there's so many assumptions. We walk into the day assuming that my day needs to be packed with back-to-back meetings. And I kind of just questioned that and set aside a whole day for a certain kind of work that needed to be more focused. And everyone else in the room was like, how do you do that? Oh my gosh. And I loved his response because he just simply was like, well, you know, we're adults. We do own our own life here. <laughs> oh, and it's true. And, and business owners have this problem. My brother tells the story uh, years ago of being completely overwhelmed at a particular stage when he and I were working in a business together, being completely overwhelmed and feeling like, you know, he couldn't do anything about this because he was the boss and everybody expected him to be around. Well, it got so bad that one day he just called in and said, you know, I'm not going to be in today. And the receptionist said, okay, fine, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and he realized yeah. in one sentence, he'd freed up an entire day to go get a handle on everything going on. So we, assu- we do assume, we assume things. We assume a lot. So if you're in a situation, uh, maybe you can't do much about it, but you might be able to do more than you think. Okay, yeah. And like you said, in our personal lives, you know, there is so much we do have control over, like the notifications knocking at our door constantly or, you know, how we how we choose to use technology. It actually creating the system by definition does help us strike the balance. Right. It's it's one time thinking it through and getting ahead of it and setting up something that automates what you want to happen 
for days, weeks, months, years to come. So good. Okay. I'm sure these topics are, are stirring up all kinds of really specific thoughts and applications for people. So again, if you want to dive into any of those specifically or have questions, um, just you know, send us an email or leave a review on iTunes. We're definitely um, looking at those so we can make sure to address them. Great. But for now, to move on, um, what's what's a practical takeaway for this? We talked about productivity systems like you know calendar, to dos, info, financial systems. What's something everyone can try right now? So one thing that's been a huge impact for me, and I can't remember exactly how long ago ago it was that I began implementing this, but I find that we live our lives often in week time units, you know, one week at a time. And although we live one day at a time, uh, each day can be so different that, you know, it, it changes from day to day. But in a week, we hope to get certain things done. So I've, I've started to implement a weekly reminder system for myself. And there are things that I want to be thinking about every single week. And so these show up in my digital reminder system right? every single Saturday morning. So I take, you know, an hour or two on Saturday morning and I just work through these things and it doesn't take me, but you know, an hour or so, but by doing these, I stay on top of things. So a few of the things on my list, I review my investments. I just keep track of what it is so that those things don't get out of control. I review my credit card bill. I plan my week. I plan my exercise schedule. I review my goals uh, during all of those times, and I think there are one or two more. Uh But the idea is that that means 52 times a year I'm reviewing my goals. That means Every single week, I'm going into the week having thought out what are my priorities for the week and what do I want to accomplish. Every single week, I'm checking to make sure my credit card bill isn't getting out of control, Right. that I'm paying my bills. And this, it kind of automates a certain level of success. So I think the idea is applicable for almost everybody, that if you have one time each week and you find and you create your customized list of what are the things that you don't want to forget or that you do want to remember mm-hmm. and do those once a week and make sure that those repeat every single week it can move you forward in leaps and bounds oh, so good so my encouragement for you the 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 thing that we want to challenge you to do is Come up with your list and detail a specific time, the same time every week that you do your one weekly list. It's it's game changing. It, it actually reminds me of one of our earliest episodes on um, compound effect, right? This is one of those systems where if you just do it every week, guaranteed, if you, even, even a few months from now, let alone a few years or decades, you'll look back going, whoa. This has had such a, an, an impact. And you know, this is the one for me, both personally and in, in work setting, have been um, the most, the most game changing. Yeah. And I, and I particularly want to encourage the people for whom this doesn't come naturally. You know, it's one thing for those, 
you know, productivity geeks to implement this in their life, but they'd probably do most of it anyway. It's for the people that this doesn't, you know, come naturally for that it will have the greatest impact on their life. And it isn't hard. It isn't stifling or anything else. It's actually life-giving because it enables progress to happen effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, um, you know, the example for me of this weekly reminder system um, has been in the work setting, and I've helped a lot of business owners implement this because it's just so effective, where you simply just write down the top key questions that you need to ask yourself every week, and then in that meeting, go over those. And so we typically look at what are what's the one thing <laughs> like, exactly right? it, that yeah. it, such that if nothing else got done such that if you did this everything else would be easier or unnecessary what's that one top priority for the week already you've gotten your whole week into focus then what's kind of your highest leverage in different categories whether it's you know money or um infrastructure or sales calls or right. whatever it is yeah and what are those and so already you got your priorities for the week And then if you're in a bigger organization, you can kind of start to match those up against, you know, priorities that have been passed down to you from above. And then how are you going to multiply yourself and delegate or automate things? Um, How are you going to, you know, who do you need to proactively communicate with this week or clear anything up with, you know? And so all these key questions that we tend to read about in a book and then never implement we're making sure we do it every week. The, the few people who will implement this, it just it just sets you way above m- most people because even as you and I know, even business owners don't do this right. simple thing that would change everything. Right. All right. So you know, again, any whatever the category is that you came up with in life that needs some attention right now, uh, try try this weekly reminder system. And maybe just take a baby step and and try it in one simple way and let us know how it goes. Here at The Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions. They are a company that provides virtual assistants and bookkeepers and social media managers. We want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients. His name is Dave Richards, the CEO and lead coach for Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me when I was focused on growing my business. You know, I can think of recently, um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to competently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me. How can I give more this constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and you want more information, we have partnered with Belay 
to offer $200 off of your startup costs. And if you want to learn more about that or have a free consultation with a member of the Belay team, just click the link in the show notes or go to belaysolutions.com backslash next step. All right, so this is this is kind of a classic when it comes to the idea of uh, productivity systems. Uh, David Allen's getting things done. It it is a particular system for managing tasks, calendars, information, and trying to get a handle on it. So again, particularly for those who it doesn't come naturally, it's a it's a pretty robust system for it. So you may find, you know, a few things that are really applicable or you might dive into it full board, but he's someone who's thought about this, you know, in great depth uh, and has a great way of looking at productivity systems. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor, leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.